Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think there was a positive sandwich last night. We had the fight, we had the DJ Horn. A uh, mid-range clinic that was put on. Yeah, he was like the bread. That, that was the. Those are two things with the bread, and yeah. in somewhere in the middle were were all the technical fouls. We had six technical fouls there in the go. game, and then the so, high knees to burn the calories uh, off. Right at the beginning, the high knees <laughs> yeah. came out early, uh, and you know, honestly, it was a super entertaining game. And part of the reason for that, the broadcast crew was top notch. Our friend West Durham. And Dan Bonner on the ACC Network. And Dan's joining us here. Uh, Mr. Bonner, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Those are kind words. I appreciate them. Well, you are entertaining. You and you and Wes. You and Wes are awesome together. Well, thank you. Wes is a real pro. We've known one another mm-hmm. for a long, long time. We're friends, and we really enjoy working together, and we really appreciate the opportunities that we have when we're assigned together and we make sure we have fun. And you guys are having a tour. <laughs> You're on tour this week, right? Or is like the that last night was the first of three this week? Yes, yes. We have uh North Carolina and Louisville tonight and then we've got Pitt at Duke on Saturday. And so we're very excited about that. Our little tour here of uh the Durham Chapel Hill area. Yeah, all right. Let's get, let me start with last night and then we'll branch into the other two games you have. Uh, the rest of the week. Uh, first of all, I thought it was a super entertaining game. I loved the fight that NC State showed in the second half. It obviously was illnesses. They didn't make a three. They were 0 for 8 in the game. Well, what's your what's your big picture takeaway from the Wolfpack last night? Well, I was impressed with the fact that they were able to win a game without making a three, first of all. Uh, they are a team that you know, generally has to force turnovers and get transition baskets to win. And that was about even last night with Wake Forest. But their ability to get the ball into the lane and particularly to shoot those mid-range jump shots, D.J. Horn in particular, almost every shot that he took, and not every shot that he made, but almost every shot that he took was a jump shot in the lane. And that's where North Carolina State really dominated. I thought They dominated inside with those kind of shots, not necessarily with back-to-the-basket baskets. And their their aggressiveness really turned the game around. Dan Bonner is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. DJ Burns is such a big part of their offense, and he's a great passer. Um, But last night, the other two big men, to me, I mean, they were just absolute stars. I mean, Mo Diarra didn't score a ton. I think he only had eight points but he had 13 rebounds. And I thought Ben Middlebrooks uh, would, you know, if we were doing it like hockey, he would have been one of my three stars last night. Well, you know, there's no question about that. And DJ, uh, DJ Burns was obviously not feeling well. Right. When you see the big guy go down the, go off the court with a manager following him with a garbage can, you know, <laughs> something's wrong. Right. Uh, Fortunately, he got out of view before we saw anything. I think we saw a little too much last night of a lot of things, but uh, we didn't see that. But obviously, he wasn't feeling well. Uh, you know, he went out there and he played, but 
if you look at the numbers, he and Ben Middlebrooks together as like a five man are averaging, were averaging before last night, 17 points and eight rebounds a game. And Diara coming off the bench gives them another dimension defensively, rebounding, blocking shots. And so I thought, particularly with Burns not able to go at full speed last night, Middlebrooks was fantastic and Diara was just as good. Yeah, and then at the end of the game, with like, what, I don't know, about 90 seconds or so left, we had the uh, the explosion of technical fouls. Uh, Middlebrooks is gone. Diara is gone. Burns is in the back with the trash can. NC State was out of big men uh, at the time. Let me work backwards, though. What was your view of the double technical foul to Kevin Keats? Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Well, you know, I think Kevin Keats had an argument. He had a right to be upset. If the call had gone the other way, I think Steve Forbes would have been upset. But, uh, you know, when the coach, even though he's upset, runs well out onto mm-hmm. the court to the point where he almost collided with the referee and players had to run around him, that's going to get you a technical sure. foul. That's going to draw the attention of the officials. And once you get that first technical foul and the referee tells you to stop, which we could clearly see on the replay the referee did, you have to stop. And if you don't, if the referee is going to maintain control of the game, he has no choice but to toss you. And so I didn't think that, I, you know, I, I thought that that could have been handled better on a lot of fronts. But if you're Kevin Keats, you can't get that second technical foul. You know, save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I thought that his team responded very well. Uh, I thought that his staff responded very well. And that's what you do. You pick one another up. So, I didn't think there was anything unjustified about Kevin Keats being tossed. I agree that it was a controversial call or no call in that particular case mm-hmm. that got him mad. And when you get mad, okay, one technical's fine, but you just can't get that second one. Yeah, my my only view, and I think this is where you and I probably differed, is that like you can allow you can allow Kevin maybe more than the two or three seconds to make his case. The first technical foul was an automatic because you stopped play. The head coach running out into the court stops play. That's an easy one. Uh, but maybe just let him have his say. And if he if he continues, if he persists, then you go, hey, Kevin, I got to run you. And then that's that. But it just seemed like that second one, and this is what Kevin said after the game also, that that second one came a little fast. But maybe he wanted it anyway. Maybe, maybe he was done watching. Uh, because, honestly, I didn't think his team was great in the first half. Well, now, I don't think that he wanted it. <laughs> I think he was just mad. And we don't know what was said, but I do know the referee told him to stop. Yeah, and pretend, I agree. I mean, when you when you run out on the court, that gets, I, I mean, that's you can't do that. Now, if he's on the sideline yelling and you call a technical, then I think he might have had a little bit more okay. leeway. Right. But when you're out on the court and the referee's telling you to stop and your staff's trying to restrain you and you keep fighting away from him and yelling at the referee, then, you know, that's, that's going to happen. I didn't see... From a uh, referee standpoint, I didn't see anything wrong with that second technical. 
Uh, was it fast? Yeah, but you don't know what was said. And again, he was out on the court. <laughs> I mean, you just can't be there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the video of, uh, was it Travis Ford, uh, who's now coaching in the Midwest, I think he's coaching to St. Louis, where uh, he actually made a move to play defense uh, in, in helping his team out playing defense, maybe uh, guarding a shooter. I could not believe while he was standing in the court. It was bizarre to me. What do you think the ACC is going to do with DJ Horn for his uh, signal of somebody being number 11 uh, at the end of the game? You know, I don't know. It was one of those things where the game was over and West actually said on the air, okay, Wake Forest isn't going to foul. And Steve Forbes had turned and he was started walking toward the other bench when Andrew Carr committed the foul. (laughs) And I I was stunned that the foul was committed. And I wasn't looking at any of the players. I was looking at Steve Forbes, who had his arms stretched out, and he was saying to Carr, why? Uh, (laughs) And, you know, the, the camera that got the shot was the handheld under the basket. So DJ Horn had his back to us. So I never saw that until somebody called and asked about it. Right. And... Again, I don't know what the ACC will do. Uh, obviously, that's a very bad look. Uh, and, uh, you know, he didn't hurt anybody. Right. It's just, you know, that it's, it's very bad for the image of North Carolina State and the image of the ACC that you have a guy flashing a sign like that, you know, on television where everybody can see it. That's So I, I don't know what they'll do. Uh, you know, he may get a reprimand or something, but... Yeah, that's just such a bad look. You can't have that. I agree. It was, uh, I mean, it. In, from my perspective as a guy who hosts the talk show, uh, the entertainment level, which was already high, uh, I mean, it was like a cherry on top, but uh, it's, not a, uh, it's, not a, it's not a great look. I agree with that. All right, let me ask you about North Carolina, which from my perspective, and I don't know how you look at it, has become a defensive-oriented team. Like, the offense is almost secondary. We know the offense is good, but I think their best thing is their defense. Well, certainly it has been since the Kentucky game. And, Adam, I've been doing this a very, very long time. And I don't know – well, I do know. I I, I don't know that it's ever happened, but I certainly can't recall a team in the middle of the season basically flipping the switch and going from being a mediocre defensive team to an outstanding defensive team. You know, it's sort of part of your character, mm-hmm. your DNA. You either are or you aren't. And the Tar Heels, you know, they've, they've had times where they've been very good defensively in their history. Uh, you know, they're famous for all the pressure they would apply. Right. And they were always very difficult to play against because they really got after you. So it's not like North Carolina has a tradition of being bad defensively. But in recent years, North Carolina has been much more about the offense than the defense. And, so this is a remarkable turnaround. I think you have to tip your hat to the players because obviously they've made a real commitment to it. And I think you have to tip your hat to Hubert Davis and his staff that this is, this is remarkable. And I think it puts North Carolina in a whole different category. They have gone from being a pretty good team to now, given the way they can play offense, if they continue to play defense like this, and there will be some hiccups along the way. But they could very easily be a Final Four contender Agreed. if they continue playing like this. Yeah, I agree. I think their defense takes them to a new level. Dan Bonner, ACC Network, will be on the call of Carolina and Louisville tonight. Uh, Louisville obviously has struggled all year, but 
the recent look with a win at Miami. Uh, they did not roll over against NC State uh, on the weekend. Uh, is there hope for a competitive ball game tonight? I think there is. Uh, you know, obviously North Carolina has been running people out of the gym here yeah. recently, and so that's a reason to say, well, you know, it might not be competitive no matter who they're playing. Uh, but Louisville, I think there is. there was a perception at the start of the season that Louisville was going to be bad. And so I think that it's hard to overcome that perception. This is a Louisville team that, to my mind, is 100% better, at least, than they were last year. Uh, they, they compete. They play hard in Brandon Huntley Hatfield. They have a guy who can compete with you down on the block. Uh, Mike James, uh, he's finally healthy, and he's playing really, really well. They've got guys in the backcourt who can handle the ball. They're just young, and they're figuring it out. But, I mean, come on now. Uh, they only lost to Texas by one point. They were in the game against Kentucky before Kentucky went on a little three-minute burst that took the game from, like, 6 to 20. And that's what happens sometimes when right. you have a young team and you're still figuring things out. So if Louisville makes threes and Louisville doesn't turn the ball over, I think that we could have a competitive game, although I think it's unlikely. <laughs> uh, I hope you, hope you guys have your, uh, have your film material. Maybe you guys will start talking about uh, Duke Pitt, or you could talk about how Georgia Tech, how is Georgia Tech only 9-8 and eight, uh, with a big win over Clemson last night? What is your view of, uh, of the Blue Devils? Uh, I know you're still a few game, a few days away from that game, uh, but and Duke might be banged up for that. Might possibly know Mark Mitchell and maybe know Jeremy Roach. Well, I think Duke is a team that is not anywhere near as good now as they have the potential to be by the end of the season because they have been banged up. I, I mean, Proctor missed a couple of games, yep. and now Mitchell is out, and they have been a little bit uh, banged up for a lot this season, and I don't think that they've really been able to develop the kind of chemistry. And I know that's a very overused word that uh, really good teams have, but I really like Duke. I think obviously in Filipowski, they have one of the top players uh, in the country, you know, Proctor, he's back from injury and hopefully he'll start to play a little bit better. Uh, Mitchell, certainly uh, he's questionable, but he's been a valuable asset for them. Uh, I, you know, obviously they're, they're near the top of the ACC standings, and I think that's appropriate. But I think Duke is a team that's going to be better in a couple of weeks than they are now. Dan Bonner, ACC Network, uh, with West Durham tonight against Louisville. That is a 9 o'clock game. They make us play 9 o'clock games in the Eastern time zone. Uh, good luck staying awake, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be watching tonight and Saturday. Okay. All right, Adam. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Dan Bonner. Uh, as West Durham refers to all the time, the tall Virginian. I love it when those two guys are together. It's an absolute blast. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.